Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 44 for Your Eyes O-Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Jorky Sentai O-Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J, and with me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today, bud? Not bad, man. Not bad. Just sort of uh, just sort of chilling. Nice, nice. We have, a, we have a rare afternoon recording today. Yeah, we do. Well, uh, Beth is trying to get the babies down for a nap and they are fighting like unreasonably hard like it doesn't even make sense like they're tired it's well past their nap time yeah i mean Uh, i get it i also stay up when i am tired past my bedtime uh but that's that that dave is a problem for a different podcast a a theoretical (laughs) podcast that does not exist about your children not sleeping um i mean listen something not about my children necessarily but somebody definitely does that podcast oh sure guarantee it i mean i don't listen to it maybe i should you don't have time to you're busy trying to put i don't have time to i'm trying to (laughs) record this podcast and get the babies to sleep um speaking of this podcast dave uh this week we are watching episode 44 of Cherokee sunday ranger it is called the strongest beauty on earth it rules, but before that, um, Dave, as always, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Would you like to know what the first star of the week is? Uh, yes, do. Please, please tell me. Dave, the first star of the week is I got me a new robe. Oh, nice. I just got new slippers. Oh, I That's new... not part of the star. I did just get slippers, though. No, I, I, I got new slippers last year. I have been meaning to get a robe for a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. Because it gets cold in my apartment in the winter. Uh, but I didn't want to get, like, a terry cloth bathrobe. Because I didn't want to just, like, sit around in my house in a bathrobe. Yeah, no. You don't want to do... That's not a. That's not uh, your best life. No. Like, listen. If that's what you're going to do, it, like, it's not going to hurt you. Right. Um, but I realized this year that what I could do is I could get, like... Um, I, I, have, I had been trying to find something that I don't think, like, really exists... Anymore, sort of like a like a '60s smoking jacket, house coat sort of thing. Um, and I've looked around, and nothing of that stripe exists that isn't like a costume, really. Really, um, nothing that I was able to find. I looked for a couple of years. Um, so this year, no. I mean, I guess I believe you. It just seems like something that should exist. You know what I mean? Like there can't be. I think it exists if you are Hugh Hefner and like have been buying them for, from the same people for 70 years or something. Uh, mm. But for me, just trying to like find one, like I, I was unable to do it online at least. Um, but this year, I just went to LLBean.com uh, and I just bought a robe from there. And Dave, it is so warm and it is so soft. But here is the thing I really want to talk about. Is that LL Bean, which of course stands for Ladies Love Bean, um, will monogram anything that you buy from them for $8 American. So not only did I get a new robe, Dave, I did get that monogram. And like, it is... It no, is, see, that is, that is living your best life. Yeah. That's... Like... Mm-hmm, yeah, definitely. 
and definitely get that robot for eight dollars. Eight dollars. It's nothing. I did not realize that I was a monogrammed robe guy until I saw that little checkbox. Like, hey, do you want to have that robe monogrammed? And then I realized, like, oh, of course, of course, I'm a monogrammed robe guy. I've always been a monogrammed robe guy. I've just not owned a monogrammed robe until this point. Like, and now I'm wondering, like, am I a monogrammed other things guy? Like. Am I gonna like the next time you come over to my apartment? Am I gonna have like replaced all of my hand towels? Who knows? Who knows, Dave? This is a brave, a, a bold new experiment, um, and perhaps a new stage in my life that I'm entering. Uh, but yeah, that is that is the first star of the week, and it is a comfy, comfy star, Dave. What is our second star of the week? Well, it's actually, okay, so this is, uh, it turns out we have a semi theme going on here because this is also a sort of like adultish. I get. I feel like having a monogrammed robe is like an adult thing. I mean, I don't know any teens you know. with monogrammed robes. Yeah, I think that's what I'm saying. So this is another adult thing that uh, Beth and I have recently started doing. Is so every I just have uh, the the teachers union that I'm part of. Like we have a credit union, right? Sure. Anyways, I have just discovered for myself that if I take money directly out of my paycheck and I put it into this credit union. Cause like, it's not super easy to get at, like they don't give you a debit card and there's no ATMs. Like if you want money out of it, you have to call ahead and like go to the office and they'll give you a check like to cash to like your regular bank, I guess. Okay. And so I have just discovered that if I take money out of that, my paycheck, and I just directly put it into that account, it's very easy for me to save money. Because and it's, it's kind very of difficult for you to get the money out. Right, it's difficult for me to get the money out, and if I don't, if it doesn't show up in my paycheck, then I just, like, I'm just, I'm happy, right? Like, I just didn't kind of know that I had access to it, and then, like, if I need it, I can go get it. Sure, there are, in my experience, there are, like, money that belongs to you exists in three states. Either Mm -hmm. it exists in, um, like, a bank account that is difficult to access, um, where, like, you have it, but it kind of, like, doesn't exist. It exists in your checking account. And that is all the money that actually exists. And then there's the money that is like the cash in your pocket. And that exists, but it doesn't actually count. Yeah, that money cash, which is also why I don't like carry cash around in my pocket. Uh, because it doesn't count. Some Like somehow it the physical money counts less. You would think that the, it would be the, the reverse, but it's not the case. The, the thing that my brain does is that the amount of money that is in my checking account is the amount of money that I have. And yeah, once, no, that's it. So if right. the money's in my pocket, then it's already gone from my checking account. So like, it may as well. Right. Yeah, it just doesn't count for anything I, anymore. I already subtracted it, so now I just get to use it, and that's fun. Right. Um, so which is yeah, which is why I don't carry cash around. And so we we just kind of like so as a teacher, I think I've mentioned this to you before, but you just kind of get raises every year until you hit like a certain number of years in, and then you just never get another raise, right. and that's just how your life is. And so I got a raise this year and we said, you know, man, we're actually very happy with kind of the amount, like we live a very comfortable life. Let's just take all of that raise and just put it directly into the, in the thing. And so we kind of hit a, a, a monetary milestone of money that we are saving every month. The star though, actually, is I had like, it was like a very adult moment. And this is, I think I hit a new level of adulthood. Mm-hmm. So there's like base level adulthood where you're like, oh, I really should save some of this money and I'm going to. Like that's base level adulthood. Like you have managed to start saving money. The next level up, and this is where I think I just hit, 
is that not only are you saving the money, you are you're like actively excited to save the money. Uh-huh. Like the response, like doing the responsible thing, is is almost its own reward. You're like, oh, oh, I feel so responsible. Like this is just yes. I'm like living well below my means and prudently like saving money for a rainy day. Rock and roll. Like that's the level of adulthood that I'm at right now. Um man, I mean we it's it's been a few years, but uh you know, it used to be Dave on this show that we had a motto. Mhm. And that was up your game. It was. And we we still try to live that up your game lifestyle even though we don't talk about it as much. And I'm glad to hear that you're doing it. Yeah, I am. I do. I really feel like I up my game. It's pretty excellent. Um, what, Matt, is our third star of the week? Okay, we're done with the responsible stars. Or my, my first star wasn't responsible. It was me buying a robe. We were done with our, like, adult stars. Dave, I watched a terrible movie. Um, and I did it to myself on purpose, and I took notes. And I'm very sad. <laughs> That's like, uh, you... I mean... That doesn't seem like a super weird thing for you to have done. Okay, here's here's the real problem. So for Spectre this month, uh, we are, uh, if anybody doesn't listen to it, Spectre is the podcast that Jake Mason and I do. We watch James Bond movies. Um, and like the, the method by which we are watching them, the order, is that like we watched all of the James Bond actors' first movie. So we watched like Connery's first movie and Lazenby's first and only movie and Roger Moore's first movie. And so we sort of like went through it that way. And then when we finished with Daniel Craig's first movie, we looped back around to Sean Connery's second movie, right? So like that's sort of like how we're progressing through it. Um, right. And so on, it, as we hit the end of each of one of those loops, we watch sort of like a James Bond adjacent movie, right? Like something that's not... Yeah, like a, uh, a little a palate cleanser, right. just to kind of... Yeah. Like, when we did it the first time, we watched the 1967 Casino Royale movie, the one with, like, Woody Allen and Peter Sellers and that, Orson that, Welles. It's, I, that movie's it's very too weird, weird we, we, actually. We, it's, I think we talked yeah, about it. Yeah, it maxed me out. I, we did. We talked about it a while ago, and it was just, like, I tried to watch it, and it was too much. Yes. Well, for, it's, for, it was just too strange. It's five movies. Um that, that are one movie. It's very bad. But what we are doing this month, because we are on sort of like a, a loop reset, um, and also it, it is uh, Halloween times. So we're like, okay, mm-hmm. what what can we watch that is both James Bond adjacent and also like a spooky Halloween movie or like a monster flick? And I've eventually we came, we, we got a good suggestion from uh, uh, Ross Butler, who listens to this show and that show, and we chat on Twitter. Um, and he suggested that we watch Van Helsing, and that is the right answer. Unfortunately, mm. he only told that to us after we had landed on the wrong answer and both already watched a very bad 2017 made-for-TV movie of uh, The Saint. Because why what... would you watch? Okay, so like there's a there's a well, okay. I wouldn't say it's amazing, but like there is a good Saint movie, Val Kilmer. Yeah. It's a it's fun. But I've never seen that movie. Really? Yeah. I don't know how. Well, I, I don't know it's how I not amazing, it. um, but it's fun. Anyway, the the reason we did it is because uh, Simon Templar, the saint, is a master of disguise, uh-huh. and we're like, okay, well, you know, master of disguises, that's costumes, that's Halloween, and then also back in the seventies, I think the sixties, um, back when the saint was a TV show, um, it, the character was played by Roger Moore, and Roger Moore actually oh, has a cameo 
in this like new thing. This new thing was I did not know that. Yeah, this new thing was going. Yeah, the Santa is a weirdly old character. It's from like like nineteen fifties pulp novels. Um, hmm. Yeah. Well, that does explain why I like it so much because I basically I just kind of love pulp novels. So so anyway, so you watch this very very bad. So wait, okay, so it's a made it's a pilot or it's a made for TV movie, which is it was a it was a failed pilot that they were that they edited like the first two or three episodes that they had made together and released it as like a Netflix thing because they'd already made it and Roger Moore oh, was in it and he died like right okay. after that. So yes, they just, oh, oh right, so it's just like oh it's his. Got it. We'll put it out for okay. Yep. So, what what we're what we're actually going to be watching this month is Van Helsing, um, which is great. But now Jake and I just both have like pages and pages of notes about this like really terrible like TV thing that now I'm never going to use, and I kind of don't know what to do with it. I got all this got all this unreleased content, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> um, I t- I tell you what you should do. What you should do is leave it unreleased. Do not, just don't, we don't need to hear about a terrible movie. Okay, uh, do, do you want to hear one weird thing about it? Is, is it a funny thing? Because if so, yeah, totally. Like, Man, it's not even really funny, but I wrote it down and no one's going to hear it if I don't say it somewhere. Okay, yes, please. I will, I, I will do you this favor. Okay, this movie is Assassin's Creed, but like backwards. Like... Because his last so you, name is... you non-sneakily last... go to a place and heal a man? What do you... <laughs> no, it's Templars versus, like, assassins. Um, oh, okay. Since the, since the main character's name is Simon Templar, they're like, oh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to... Like, that's not a coincidence. We're tying him in with the history of, like, the Knights Templar, and they're fighting an ancient brotherhood for, like, control of the world or something, which is just ah. Assassin's Creed, but the good guy is a Templar, and it's very strange. Anyway, don't watch that movie, uh, but do listen <laughs> when we release the uh, Van Helsing thing. Uh, Dave, what is our fourth star of the week? So our fourth star of the week is uh, yeah, yesterday, Matt, uh, Beth and I, we took the kids down to, or, like, we're trying to figure out something to do, and I have discovered... That when you have kids, you are more likely to do things that I would not do on on my own. And what I mean by that is that we went to a farm. Like, it's like a working farm, but they have taken their working farm and turned it like... It's like 70% a working farm and 30% like an event venue slash like like agritourism okay. thing like come out to the farm but like like, like they're really cow, all... that sort of thing yeah but like they have done a lot they've like set up a bunch of stuff they've got like slides and jungle gyms and like but they're all like vaguely farm themed okay. right so this is not something that i would have gone to on my own but we didn't want to just like sit around. So we're like, all right, well, like we'll get out of the house. We'll go out. Like it's still one of the like last night's days out. We'll, we'll let the twins run around. Like they'll have a great time. It'll be cool. So we did. They had a blast. Uh, it w- there was a sign at the, at the place that basically like if you are engaging in agritourism, which is a Ohio agricultural board of, of whatever term, Okay. And, and agritourism, like, that's just, that is a real thing, agritourism. It's like, go look at a cow, and that's agritourism. But if you really are on an, 
Yeah, if you're on an agritour, I guess basically the farmer has zero liability, if I read this sign correctly. If you do something that, like, you should not have done, like, if they have a spike pit out, that's on them. But if you run and if you're, like, on the hayride and they told you to sit down and you stood up and you are injured or, or like, die, they're good. Like, they're, they owe you nothing. Um, you know, that being the case, I'm a little surprised that more farms aren't also jungle gems. Like, if they have zero liability for anything bad that happens to anyone there, sure, come on in. Rustle a goat. I don't care. <laughs> Get nuts, man. So that's really, like, uh, I just kind of said all that to say we're on our way back from that, and we passed a car. And this car had a a decal on the back. And the decal was just, uh, it was like a a black and white cutout, right? And it was just a decal of Kid Rock. Okay. And underneath, in case you weren't sure who it was, it said Kid Rock. And I spent a solid, like, like 10 minutes trying to get into the head of a person who not only is like that into Kid Rock, but it's like, first of all, is that into Kid Rock in 2018? Because this is not like, this was not like a super old car, right? Okay. So first of all, is that into Kid Rock in 2018? And B is into Kid Rock enough that they would say that they would have a sticker of it? Because now, okay, if you get a, if okay, if you have a car decal, I can only think of like a handful of reasons why you would have that, and one of them is that you want everyone to know that you're into that thing, right? Yes. Like, for example, if you have, like, if you really need everyone to know that, like, you're a racist, you put a Confederate flag in your in your back window. Sure, right. Like, that's, or at least, like, even if you're not a racist, like, you're cool with everyone seeing it, thinking that you probably are. Right, you're, you're cool putting right. that one out there in the world. Yeah, so, like, so it's either that, or... You are so into something that, like, you just want to look at it all the time, right? So you're, like, you're super into racism, and so you put a Confederate flag in your back window. So you're, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, let me look at this flag all the like time. You're, you're walking out to your car, you're, like, oh, man, I almost forgot. <laughs> I almost forgot that I'm a terrible person. So, like... And, like, those are the only two versions I can think of. And I just, like, I can't yeah, I, I figure see, out. I don't see someone ironically putting a Kid Rock decal on their car. Dave, here's my question. Did they have other bumper stickers? No, it was just one. Okay, and I, gosh, let me be boy. clear. See, I was really hoping not, there was a few. No, there weren't. And it wasn't actually even, it was not a bumper sticker. It was, like, a window decal. Like, it wasn't huge. It was, like, the size of, like, a small dinner plate. That's but it was like big. definitely noticeable. Like I it's mean, definitely bigger than any Kid Rock decorations I have. Sure, sure. 
I, well, I mathematically have, speaking, it's infinitely larger. So I do have one decal on my car. Um, it was there when I bought the car, and the only reason I haven't taken it off is it's from something, some sort of like South Beach thing. But it's an but as it happens, the letters on this bumper sticker are SSB. Well, that really works for us, yeah. Uh, and since we are the Super Sentai Brothers, um, I like that a lot, and so I left yeah. it on. So anyways, like, man, I don't know. First of all, if you dig Kid Rock, I don't... Like, that's fine. Um, although I've probably alienated you with that Confederate <laughs> flag joke. So if you're still listening, uh, <laughs> like, you could let us know what maybe would, would put put someone's head in that space where they would want that decal. Um, what, Matt, is our fifth star of the week? Dave, our fifth star of the week is Sonic the Danged Hedgehog. Is it really? Yeah. I, so, uh, I would not have anticipated that to be our fifth star of the week, Matt. Well, I wasn't expecting a five-minute discussion about Kid Rock, but here we are. Um, <laughs> so the other day, I finished the new Tomb Raider game, and uh, the next game that I want to play, I think I'm going to get that new Fallout 76 game. Uh, but it's not oh, out for another couple of weeks. let me know how it is. Yeah. Uh, it's not out for a couple of weeks. And so I thought I should get a different game. Um, but I didn't want to get like a big game, you know? So I was mm-hmm. going through the eShop and I saw a few games that I was interested in. Uh, so I put it out on Twitter like, hey, which one of these should I get? And the far and away winner was Sonic Mania, the new Sonic game from last year. Uh, which is like a maybe it's earlier this year even. It's so basically it's a new Sonic the Hedgehog game, but it is in the style of the 16-bit like original Sonic the Hedgehog games. Oh, like, well, that's cool. To the point where the first level is like Green Hill Zone, which is the first level of the first Sonic game. Yeah, wow, dang. Okay, it's just like a remixed version of that. And as you go through the game, it's like anyway the. It's, a, it's an extremely good, very well-polished, probably the actual best of those Sonic the Hedgehog games. Um, and so I am enjoying it. But here's the thing, Dave. I was... Like, we were never Sonic guys. We never had a Genesis, right? Uh, yeah, that like, is correct. We were always Nintendo kids. In fact, yeah, you, we one time, decisions. you one time wrote a school paper about why it was a better decision to have a Super Nintendo than a Sega Genesis. Did I really? Yeah, you came up with a series. I I don't know why I remember this, but you came up with a series of like arguments about like, well, like if you look at the if you do price comparison, and also if you look at like which system has like more like great games. Um, I I do not rem- unless I don't think I did this. I I have a very clear memory. No, of this you very doing much it. sounds like something I would have done rather than you. Right, like you had to write a persuasive paper in like sixth grade or something, and you wrote it on the subject of why the Sega Genesis sucks real bad. Well, um, um, it sounds like what I did is made a very reasoned argument <laughs> as to why the Nintendo was the superior choice, and um, and not having read it, I stand by that argument. I mean, you have read it, Dave. I, I can guarantee you that. If anyone <laughs> has read it, it is you. <laughs> um, anyway, so I, I am enjoying this game, but it is reminding me like, A... Sonic games were never as good as Mario games, even like oh, this yeah, actual not. good one. And B, I am terrible at Sonic the Hedgehog games because, like, you know how you have sort of like muscle memory of how to play games that you grew up on. So, mm-hmm. like, even if there's a new Mario game that I've never played, I have played enough Mario games over the years that I can play that Mario game. Um, but with this Sonic the Hedgehog game, I am trying my best to do it and just 
utterly failing. Like, I I have not been as frustrated by a kind of hard video game in a very long time. And it's not even a Ooh. hard video game. It's just a kind of hard video game that I'm awful at. Right. I actually, um, I read something about this. You know what you should do? is stop playing that game. No, just stop playing that game because you're an adult and you don't need frustration for your leisure time. <laughs> stop playing that hard game. Maybe maybe I will. We'll see. We'll see. I'd like to stick with it because it is, when you get it right, like there are moments of the game that are very fun. Like, did you know Sonic goes real fast? Yeah, that's like his whole, he, that's his whole thing actually. He goes extremely fast and when you're going that fast, it feels very good. Um, but we will see. Uh, maybe maybe I'll give you a Sonic update later. But now, Dave, we've got a different thing to talk about. We've got a strong, beautiful thing to talk about. In fact, the strongest, most beautiful thing. It is episode 44, The Strongest Beauty on Earth. We're going to take a break, and we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. Uh, so, episode 44, The Strongest Beauty on Earth. Dave, it ruled. Let's talk about it. Yeah, it was a very, very, very good episode. Uh, as Matt said, we actually had already watched this episode, so uh, so that was just a little quick uh, drink break right there. Yep. Uh, we actually, we watched this episode a week ago. Yeah. It, okay, listen, we were going to try and get ahead so that we could just be ahead, uh, and then we didn't. So I don't know why, and nobody cares about this, Matt. Let's talk about this very good episode <laughs> of Super Sentai Brothers. Well, the reason I brought it up is because I have very detailed notes, but it has been a week since I've seen this episode, so it might get a little weird as I try to remember it. It might, but there are a few there are a few big moments that are really like burned into my mind, so I'm going to try and uh, orient myself around those things. So we open up, the Rangers are in their like... They've just got, like, a Jeep, basically, and uh, they're just... It's not even, like, a super Jeep. Like, right. um... This is not a Jeep that you would ever have been able to buy a toy of. Yeah, like, the Die Rangers had a Jeep, but it was, like, a super Jeep. And, like, Raita had a Jeep. There was, like, a gun on top. This is just, like, a Jeep. So they're driving around, and there is an injured dog in the street. They stop for the dog, like you do, and uh, Gora hops out. They pick up the dog, and they're like, oh, this, this poor dog. And the... Dog's owner runs up, and it is a. I think it's the woman is supposed to be like very, very attractive. Yeah. Um, like she's not. I mean, listen, she's she's a she's a very average person. But like the story for the story's purposes, like this woman is is stunningly beautiful. All I, right. I don't know why you felt the need to dunk on this actually very pretty woman. Why well, just okay. Sorry, listen, she, well, now I feel weird about it. I just like, I thought she was just, I, the reason I mentioned it is because I thought it was just going to be a woman who walked up and she got her dog. And then when the Rangers were like, I was like, oh, okay, this now, is the, like a plot point that the, she's that, that like super attractive. That sound you were making, I think is the audio equivalent of in old cartoons someone's head turning into a wolf and then their tongue falls out of their mouth yeah and then their eyes do the uh, like a wooga wooga thing yeah, yeah that's yeah. exactly where i was going with that so uh the rangers are sort of like f- tripping over them the three male rangers i should specify uh are tripping over themselves trying to impress this woman mm-hmm. uh her name is i which means love in japanese I believe that's that that is what is in my notes, and I choose to believe myself from a week ago. Um, well, you're usually trustworthy. Um, usually. Uh, so 
not only are they like already kind of tripping over themselves to impress this woman, uh, and as soon as she walks up, they're like, oh, like they had been kind of into this dog. Um, but as soon as she walks up and it's like, oh man, it's her dog. They immediately get super into this dog. Like, oh man, you have the best dog. Let me talk to you about it so that we can talk about something and that you can see me as a cool person. Um, yeah, they do. They also mention something about like, they, they, they tip in on like the princess multi-wall, like dog pun joke, like whatever the, whatever the dog is, like they reference, the dog they reference this. Oh, okay. That must be it. Yeah. So they say, like, so, oh man, like, what a difference just a few letters makes between Multiwa and Multi is because this dog rules and Princess Multiwa is terrible. Uh, no. Or Empress Multiwa, I guess. Sorry. I didn't mean to uh, also dunk on her. Uh, anyway, she gives like a wink, and that wink, like, brainwashes the dudes. So they are now, like, magically infatuated with her. Yeah. And so her first command to them is, listen, I want you to go get me the most important thing in your life. Yes, the most valuable thing. Right. So we go from there to the moon, and Acha and Kocha are complimenting Kaiser Bolden on this plan. They're like, this is an amazing plan, because obviously the rangers are going to go get um, O-Blocker. Right. Like, that's clearly the most valuable thing in their lives. They're going to go get it, and then we will have O-Blocker, and we'll destroy it, and then we can take over Earth. Right. Now... Which in th- which is, in fact, probably a very good plan. Sure. Now, what if, what would have been a slightly better plan is for her to have just said, hey, go get me O-Blocker. Yeah. I, the only thing I can think of is that, like, maybe the hypnosis only goes, like, so deep. You know, it's like, oh, you can hypnotize someone, but not to, like, kill themselves. And so she can't say, go go get me O-Blocker. She just says, like, go get me your biggest D. De- and, like, somehow that's okay. Okay, yeah, that makes so sense. So anyways, um, and here we find out I, this, I think, is my favorite Goro moment in this entire series so far. Yeah, this episode, like, in this upcoming scene, kind of gives us more, like, character development for all three of the male rangers than we have gotten all season. Yeah. So, Goro shows up. So, we're back on Earth. Like, we're back in the park. And uh, I, who is, like, very obviously Princess Multiwa, is is there. And Goro comes up. And he's got this, like, cloth bundle. And she says, well, what's this? And he says, well, you wanted the most important thing in my life. And here it is. And he, he unwraps it. And he says, this is a letter from my mother. The, the longest one she has ever sent me. Yeah, and it is, like, it's kind of wild. It's like a, um, I, I'm assuming this is, like, sort of a traditional Japanese thing. Um, it's, I, the idea basically is that it's, like, a scroll. If you've never seen one of these things, I hadn't. It's, like, a scroll, but instead of the paper being, like, wound around a central dowel, it's, like, folded, and then there's hard, there's, like, a solid um, front and back. Yeah, and then you can sort of, like, tie it together. Yeah, it's folded sort of, like, um, into... It's the same shape as, like, a rectangular pamphlet that you would find at, like, a museum or something. Except yeah. this one is, like, three inches thick. Yeah, and so he, like, takes the top off and just sort of tosses it. And this thing is, like, again, it's, like, five and a half feet long. It's amazing. And he just starts reading her this letter. 
And we find out. So first of all, we find out that Goro is a very good boy. Like yes, he loves the most important thing much. is this letter from his mother. It was love it. We also find out that Goro is from the frozen North and his mother tells him like, you're from the frozen North. You can endure anything. Uh, like anytime you're feeling down, just know that like I, your mother, like love you and believe it's a great letter. Yeah. And he says, and like, the listen, actor he's like, is really into it. Yeah. And like, I think Acha and Kocha are crying. Um, yeah, they, they are. are they are moved. Yeah, my notes say Ancha and Kocha are moved by the sincerity and power of this letter. Like, this letter rules. Yeah, so what he says is like, listen, like, I'm the leader of the O-Rangers, and being the leader of the O-Rangers is very difficult. And sometimes I get discouraged. And whenever I feel that way, I read this encouraging letter from my mother, and it reminds me of everything that's, like, valuable and good, and, like, it really, like, brings me back. Like, this letter from my mother is more important to me than life itself. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, Shohei shows up. <laughs> Shohei shows up, and he has brought his free ramen tickets. Yes, he like, has coupons for free ramen at his favorite yeah. ramen place. And she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, no, you don't even understand how good this ramen is. You've got um, to try some. You've got to try it. It's so amazing. And then uh, Yud shows up. And he has withdrawn his life savings of four hundred dollars, <laughs> and that's uh, it that's was, the thing, Dave. It is less than that. It was um, three thousand eight hundred and ninety-two yen, which currently, and I don't know what the sort of like time, you know, like inflation, or whatever. But that amount of money is currently translated to U.S. dollars thirty-four dollars and sixty-nine cents. Oh, gee, no, yeah, I moved a decimal place. You're totally right. So it would have been more than, so it would have been like a hundred bucks or something. Maybe, yeah, but still. Um, like, Ancha and Kocha, Ancha and Kocha, by the way, are watching this whole thing. They do get some shade in about how the Rangers clearly just don't don't get paid very much. Right, like, uh, which I, I thought was I great. Saving the world doesn't pay very well. And so, uh, it, once Kaiser has, Kaiser Bolden realizes this plan is, is bad, actually, he just says, he's like, no, forget this. Just, like, just attack. So she transforms, uh, <laughs> she transforms into Princess Moldiwa, and they're, they're furious, uh, and they just attack. It's great. Yeah, her dog also transforms, because her dog was a machine beast called Baragard. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Oh, uh, the girl rangers do arrive at this point. And they give the guys some attitude about falling for this. They're like, we cannot believe. Like, are you serious? Are you serious that you actually fell for this? Uh, I don't think the guys even have a response. I think they also they also feel bad. So they henshin. Um, as Matt said, the dog becomes bar guard. Uh, there's a fight. And the Rangers are losing very badly. Right. Well, they haven't henshined at all. They're just like fighting... I don't know if they feel like they haven't had time to henshin, but they oh, are... Oh, I thought they did henshin. Okay. I don't think so, no. Because Momo is going to henshin in a minute, and it's going to be very funny. So, um, Baragard has acquired a... He, he has a spear and shield kind of out of nowhere, but it looks cool. And things are about to go very badly for the Rangers. And suddenly, there's a comet and an explosion, and the Rangers are saved. And, of course, it's gun magic. Gun magic is So... <laughs> Momo says, like, oh my gosh, like, I'm gonna go ask on Magin for help. And the other Rangers are like, mmm. Oh man, uh, should you though? This does not like, always yes, go we are, super great. Like, yes, we are losing this fight, but like asking God Magin for help. 
we maybe shouldn't do that. And she says, no, no, no. Like, this is, you just have to figure out the right wish. So, so she, she runs over. She puts. She the, grabs the key. Yeah, she yeah. does the whole thing. And her wish, she wishes for Gunmagin. She wishes for a warrior who will be reliable and will fight with her to defeat the enemy. And Gunmagin's like, awesome. No problem. I can grant that wish. Without even trying. And she's like, great. I know the, and he says, I know the fact, perfect guy. He's extremely handsome. <laughs> and in fact, he's already here. And Momo, I don't know if she's just playing along at this point or if she's genuinely confused. But she says, what? Amazing. Where is he? And Convention's like, who's got two thumbs and is an amazing, reliable warrior who will fight with you to <laughs> defeat your enemies? It's this uh, guy. <laughs> and so Convention, she henshins. Oh no! Wait, no, she doesn't. Right. So, so the gun. So Gunmagin says, "Hey, other Rangers, y'all can like go get a coffee." Momo, Lady Momo, and I have got this. Right. I have no worries. I have sworn like to fulfill her wish. Her wish is that she needs someone to help her do this fight. Um, and so we got this. Her and I together. You could just chill. Yeah, <laughs> Matt. Do you want to tell? Do you want? You go ahead and say what happens. So Gunmagin is like, "All right, Lady Momo, let's do this." He sort of circles around so he's standing behind Momo and he grabs both of her hands and then he like moves her arms around in like the same pattern that Momo does when she henshins and he's like all right let's do this thing and just but like it does work like she does henshin. oh yeah um, um and then the two of them get into this fight with um Bulldont and Multiwa and Baragard and yeah. like at first, well, it's actually kind of going great. Yeah, it, w- it probably would have gone terribly, except for the fact that you, you don't think about it all the time. But Gunmagin is super, super strong. Right. Like, he is not strong enough that he can win this fight on his own. And, of course, the other rangers should be helping, but they're not. They're not. They're just standing they are, off to the side, spectating. Yeah, they're just kind of waiting to see how this one plays out. <laughs> Um, so, first thing, the Emperor and uh, Kaiser Bulldown and Empress Multiwa have nicknames for each other, which is awesome. And uh, I think it's just like multi and bully or something. Yeah. But I like that they have developed these. So, they do their joint love attack. I love, I thought that was going to be a one-time thing when they used it to defeat um, uh, Bomber the Great. I am very yeah, glad Yeah, I kind of assumed it, it was. Me, as, me too. Uh, and then Gunmagin and Momo, just now. Created a team attack. It's like a like a defensive shield, which is great. It's in the shape of a heart, which is very fun. Yeah, love it. So uh, the Empress and uh, so Multiwa and Kaiser Bull don't sort of realize that, like, okay, this actually isn't going well. Hey, wait a minute. There are four of our enemies just kind of chilling out over there. Let's maybe attack them. So she turns back to her human form. Like, it, it's sort of weird. Like... There's an attack, and then, like, we kind of get a scene shift, and then she's already back in her human form, and she hypnotizes the guys again. Yes. Uh, so, so the, the guys are all trying to attack Jury because they have been uh, hypnotized. Yeah. Jury is furious. She's trying to attack the Empress. Yeah. Um, so uh, Momo says to Gunmajin, like, oh, hey. I got this over here. You need to go help Jury. She is like totally outnumbered. And Gunmagin, because he's Gunmagin, is like, no, I promised to help you. I need to help you to prove that I'm reliable. 
Yeah. Oh, like, I'm going to protect that means you that first. I guess Jerry's going to die. I pinky swore. Yeah. Oh, they did pinky swear. Yeah, they did. So, um... Jury's attack against Empress Multiwa has not gone well because Empress Multiwa is very, very strong and Jury rules, but she's not that strong. So Jury, uh, Empress is just has like a, a knife. She's just straight up going to stab Jury in the neck. So <laughs> Momo just turns around, slaps Gun Magin, and is like, I can't believe I thought this was going to work. You're so useless. <laughs> and she just runs over to help. Uh, but she can't get there because the Empress has commanded the male rangers to like defend her. So yeah. now it's like Momo trying to fight her way through the three guys while, uh, while the Empress has... I don't actually know... I don't remember why she hasn't stabbed Jury yet, aside from the fact that this is a children's television show. I mean, I like think, she has some I reason think she, she was trying to, and Jury was like preventing it. Oh, okay, right on, right on. You know, like there was a knife on her neck, and Jury was like struggling with her. But now that Momo is in danger because she is fighting all the guys, that triggers Gun Magine to run over and start helping again. Yeah. So, uh, Gun Magine basically solos the rest of the male rangers. He's like, right. he's, he takes them out. Uh, but then eventually, but he like, can't. Yeah, like he cannot win this fight on his own. And so he gets right. like knocked. He's not knocked out, but he is definitely like, you know, stunned, knocked down, whatever. And Momo turns to him and is like, hey, dude, uh, you are gravely injured. Like, you need to run. Get out of here. It's not going well for you. But Gun Majin has yeah. promised to be reliable, and he's going to keep his right. promise. He's like, you can't ask me to turn my back to the enemy. Like, I can't do it. Uh, so he just sort of, he just sort of, like, stands up and, like, takes the body shots um, that the other rangers are, you know, like, for the other rangers. And he, he goes down. Yes. At this point, and this is also, this might be my favorite Captain moment. Uh, or chief moment for the series as well. So he shows up to Empress Multiwall. Like he just kind of comes out of the background and he's like, I will force you to show your true colors. And she's like, oh yeah, sure. Like whatever non-superhero human taste my hypnosis. So she does, she does her like wink hypnosis. <laughs> And the chief is just like, no, that's not, that's not going to work. And she's like, wait, what? And he just says, when a man reaches my age, he will not lose his heart to any woman, no matter how beautiful. Uh, and that's it. Right. Like, he just it, shows he's up. just like, no, man. Like, I'm an adult. Like, I have maturity and discretion. It's cool. Like, <laughs> dumb hypnosis doesn't work on me. And the fact that it doesn't work on him, I guess, is enough to, like, cause a, I don't know, hypnosis feedback loop. Uh, and it frees the other guys as well. And then the captain straight up, like, Sparta kicks her off of a cliff. <laughs> it's amazing. So uh, the Rangers are now reunited. Like, everybody's good. They're about to hench in. But Gunmagin stops them. He's like, no, I like I really need to do this. Like, I have sworn to fulfill this wish, and I am going to do it. And everyone looks at him very seriously, and he's like, okay. And then he turns around, and he immediately gets shot and falls over. 
Yeah. Um, so then the Rangers are like, oh, no, maybe we made the wrong call here. We should not have let him do that. So they do all henshin. And then uh, Kaiser Bulldown and Empress Multi want to do like a combined energy blast. And the Rangers, they, they've never done this before, but they just sort of lock arms around Gunmagin and create like a force field. Yeah, it's like this multicolored energy field. We've never seen them do it before. They don't mention that they've like, oh, yeah, our weird defense like beam power. Cool. Yeah. It just happens. Yeah. Um. So then they do their spinning energy, like where they all turn into like spinning energy balls. Uh. And then you do that on Barra Guard, who goes down, and then he goes giant. And then uh, they summon their robots, and they're, you know. And then it's a big robot fight. Like, yeah, then it's like a big robot fight. Uh, do, you, do you summon Tackle Boy, which is great. Yes, Love Tackle Boy. Tackle Boy rules. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I like. Oh, I'm sorry. Tackle Boy does not finish the job. Tackle Boy, like, stuns Barra Guard. And, like, gets him primed to be destroyed. And then Momo says, tells Gunmajin, like, hey, you should finish him off. And then oh, Gunmajin, right. like, actually does the thing. Yeah, the one thing... Okay, so they summon Tackle Boy. And he shoots out as, like, a robot. And then he turns into a wheel. And then they bowl him at the enemy. But, like, right before he turns... He hits the enemy, he turns back into his humanoid form... But then he, like, turns into a fireball and hits them as, like, a humanoid fireball. And I don't understand why he wouldn't just stay as a wheel. Like, it seems like it would make much more sense. I couldn't tell you, man. I mean... But whatever. He rules. I can tell you that much. But any more than yeah. that, we don't have a lot of details on the, the life and times of Tackle Boy. Yeah. So, um... So that's basically it. Yeah, so... I guess, like, Kaiser Bulldog and Empress Multiwild like, well, that's... They killed the monster. Time to retreat. Yeah, so they head off. Gunmajin praises the teamwork of the O-Rangers. He's like, yeah, like you guys, you all worked together and actually made this thing happen. And then they all say, like, you know what, Gunmajin? Like, you know, you... Not only were you helpful, like, in the fight, but it was very good that you did all of the things you did today because it really taught us a valuable lesson about making sure that you always keep your word, even if it's difficult. And it is important to keep your word, even if it's difficult. Except that maybe this is not the best example of that. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> because this is not keeping your word when it's difficult. This is keeping your word, even if it is actively detrimental to the people you're trying to help. Yeah, this is... Gun Mansion is not, like, a great... Uh, a great example, but he has about a, he has a good heart, and he was feeling down, and they were trying to like encourage him. So they all like thank him and cheer him. And as he turns, he oh he does turn into a he turns like back into like his little like head form, the tiny guy. Then that turns into like a cartoon head, and it blushes, and then it flies away. And as they do, people say like yeah, like keep fighting along with us, Gunmajin. But I don't know if but, Gun like, he did definitely just like, leave. He, yeah, he's that dude's gone. But like, uh, I so, don't know if he's in any other episodes. <laughs> like, this might be it for old Gunmajin. Yeah, no, I mean, I really hope. I hope he is in more episodes because uh, we have talked. Gunmajin does rule. Um, right, Gunmajin has had more character development than Yuji. <laughs> <laughs> 
which is weird, but totally true. Like, really, tell me something about you two, Dave. Something. He he does gymnastics. He does gymnastics. And he either is paid very poorly or spends his money irresponsibly. Yeah, he doesn't have a brother. I remember that. Right? From earlier in the uh, I honestly episode? could not tell you. I Matt, I honestly could not tell you. So That's, Yeah, like, man, I know nothing about almost any of these characters. I like them all, but it is hard to get into the specifics. Um, but Dave, that is a problem for another day. Um, specifically, like, a day about a month and a half from now when we are wrapping up the series. Um, but yes. we have one more thing to do because the show's episode is over, but ours is not. And we need to determine where Beauregard falls in the Creature Royale. I think it's pretty low. because I... I think it's very low. Like, he basically... Okay, to be totally honest, I think he's he's about at the bottom. Uh, I think he's only really going to be above the monsters that are, like, actively awful. Or... Like, he's better than Father Magnet in that he is not defeated by his own powers. Yeah, but I mean, Father Magnet was at least, like, interesting. Like, we put Father wow. Magnet at the bottom as like, a, as, like, a goof, because, like, he, you know, he botched so badly. But, like, at least he's a character. Like, he doesn't offend me. So that's why he's above um, Barra Vacuum and General Cactus. But and bar uh, bar and nightmare. bar a nightmare. Um, um, okay, so but like Barragar okay. is just nothing. Yeah, he's like basically non-existent. I mean, maybe um, if, if you want to put him higher, he can't go higher than Torpedo Piranha. Yeah, no, definitely not. Definitely not. He's not as cool as Barra Ivy. Barra Ivy at least like looked kind of rad. Did Barra um, Ivy look rad? I do not remember Barra yeah, Ivy. Yeah, Barra Ivy. Barra Ivy like. Uh, did like a weird amalgamated form with like the the robot dude who built a robot son, if I recall correctly. So no, okay. So I think he's honestly, yeah, he's even below Bear of Vacuum because Bear of Vacuum is it is at least interesting. Um, yeah, Barragard Barragard sucks. Yeah, but he's still better than General Cactus and Bear Nightmare. Sure, exactly. Like there's nothing there's nothing offensive about Barragard. He's just a big pile of nothing. I, yeah. Like, I watched this episode a week ago. I can barely remember what he looked like. He's got a, I don't know, he's like a big robot, metal robot, and he's got a spear and a shield. Uh, okay, well, that uh, that's it, man. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of For Your Eyes, O-Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you that you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentibros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get the show. We're on a couple of different platforms. Uh, that makes us feel good, and it helps other people find the show. Um, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To find any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do it all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.